When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, folks. Welcome back to Lace Mountain West. Badness last week or March Exodus. What's the official title again, Matt? Uh, March Exodus. Well, the name of the website is is March Exodus. Also, the name of their Twitter account. Uh, the 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 iteration this year is March Fatness. Okay, I always because March Badness, March Shredness, March something. So there's all sorts of uh, Marchness. But go listen to that because that's ongoing. You can go listen to our podcast, take our pick seriously or not seriously. Uh, maybe next week we'll provide an update on our next show once we get a few more rounds and uh, songs selected. But want to go just screw around and say, what are these guys when they're not talking football? Go do that because it's an interesting and fun show. But we're back to football, MWR.com. And the schedule came out, which was the Mountain West the official last conference to release their schedule? I believe they were the last FBS conference, yes. So same old, same old, right? Is that what they typically do? No, no. I remember last year was much no. earlier than I remember. Mm, okay. I don't. I remember them being like, like people always ask, when is it? I'm like, uh, March-ish? I think mm. I remember one year is April, so you could probably right. I just know they don't do. You know the dumbest thing about, okay, this is kind of a tangent here, but it's fine. College football is great, and it's also not great at times. When we discussed this before a little bit, you know the NFL always has something like literally every month of the year except for like maybe three weeks in June. There's always something going on. Yeah. And so, and right now, obviously, you got the combine going on, which, hey, maybe that's a topic we should discuss a little bit, but maybe when the quarterbacks and receivers are all done end of the week, that'll be part of our next show because this will be a minute with the schedule stuff. But they always have something. They just have the combine. They had the uh, post All Star or the All Star games a couple weeks ago. They had the Super Bowl, obviously, season ending. Free agency will start the new league year in a couple weeks of March. You we'll have the draft. It's like they have OTAs. There's always a little bit of news here or there. College football, why does the SEC, Mountain West does it right, in my opinion. Maybe not this week because March Madness is coming up, but. Why why do these conferences, Matt, release your schedule for next year, like middle and third week of September? It's dumb. That's a good question. You want to own the calendar, put out a TV special in late February or even April, like when there's a little bit of slower college football time. Maybe give March its own month as it deserves for hoops. But I'm like, why why not do it in February or April or even May? There's all these conference owned networks. Like you could have big specials. Mountain West could put stuff on the YouTube page like they do or the Mountain West stream something for a schedule release and do hours of programming. But no, let's just drop it on a Thursday afternoon when games are already going in October or September. I don't get it, man. Mountain West does it right. 
with like Sunbelt and the American, I believe. I think I would tend to agree with that. Because it gives you more content. Isn't that what they want? I'm saying, doesn't Fine Bomb want something I'm talking you about? Would, in you May? would think, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Big 12, come on. So that's my thought on just kind of out of the box, really quick, like schedule stuff. So we got schedule going on. I did find news here. We're going to, pre- you did bring up Matt, Matt, before I'm going to read this, but you're going to kind of bring us into it. Troy Calhoun has an extension with Air Force. So what are the mm-hmm. slight details tonight? Because I have another Air Force item here, so you can get going on the Calhoun situation. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a relatively minor bit of news, I guess you might say, but he did agree to a one-year extension on his current deal, uh, which will take him through the 2028 season. So worst comes to worst, barring anything unforeseen. Uh, he will be the Falcons head coach for the next five, six years. He's always lined up for because remember years ago he's with with the Bills and Texans as their OC I believe it was isn't those two NFL mm-hmm. jobs he's always been talked about going back to the Texans Colorado Tennessee USC I remember re- I le- did you listen to Split Zone recently they kind of talked about Calhoun and the weird jobs he gets offered mm-hmm. I don't recall I'm trying to remember exactly what it was but it seemed like they were Godfrey Stephen Godfrey is also partially perplexed about how he gets mentioned for these other jobs but he gets kind of it goes nowhere. It seemed, I think you compared it to what Mike Gundy, who gets randomly linked to like Florida or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird situation, right? I don't know. He's, he likes the Air Force. He does well, so we're glad he stayed. Yes. But I do have bigger Air Force news. Did you hear about Zeke Daniels, former quarterback? I did not hear about that. Tell me more. So, remember how he's trying to tra- – he's expected to transfer? Yes. Apparently, the academy denied his option to be a graduate. Uh, says here, Zeke Daniels' application for a graduate school slot from Air Force Academy was denied. So now he's oh, going to be part of it. Is he's going to be the coaching staff of the prep school team once he's done and graduated in the next couple of months? So he's hoping to do. Well, like, excuse me, I mean that that's positive at least. Oh, it is good. But if you want to play college football, like Isaiah Sanders went to Stanford after mm-hmm. his uh, years were expired, or I guess the uh, four-year deal. So that's an interesting. I wonder why there's no reason why they mentioned that. So I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know what the deal is with that. I know they want to. You're supposed to serve and do your commitment because your school's paid for it and everything, and mm-hmm. and do some sort of a postgraduate minimum requirements to fulfill that. But Air Force does a lot of interesting things for no rhyme or reason. But he's around on campus. He's just not going to play somewhere else. Which would he have even been a quarterback anywhere else, Matt? Really? Maybe you never know. Yeah, I'd probably toss him running back if in my opinion, but that's all I mean, I let's thought. put it this way. Like I know that Isaiah Sanders when he transferred to Stanford ended up being a backup, but I think I would also contend that given his track record over the last couple of years, that Daniels is probably a better quarterback than Sanders was. I would agree with that, yes. So we'll see. He's also apparently um because the pro days are coming up too real quick. Yeah, Isaiah Cochran, obviously, Brad Roberts. And Daniels looks like he's going to um, be part of the pro day too in a couple in about a month. So mm-hmm. there's that. So we'll see what he could do. All right, let's get to the schedule stuff. That's what people care about. We have um, I don't have a counter, Matt. When does week zero start? Is it like August 28th or something? So I when I wrote my article on the day of the schedule release, which was March 2nd, uh, mm-hmm. today is March 5th. We're reporting. It was 177 days. So if my math is correct, we are down to 174 days. So just under six months. Oh my gosh. 
Six months? Yeah, that's a really? Away. August 26th. August 26th. I'm, I'm pulling up the schedule right here, like the week zero schedule. I, at some point, Matt, we know week zero is going to be a permanent thing, right? That's going to happen. No, yeah. I mean, it's for I mean, for the purposes of the Mountain West, considering they had like what four or five games last year and yeah. three more this season. I mean, I do think it's a I do think it's a good thing for the conference because uh, you know, for at least one, if I'm not mistaken, at least one team has two buys. Do they not? It's something like that. Yeah, there's team because you, you play Big Zero, it gives you the opportunity because you'll get another buy whether you don't have that non-conference game third week of September, and then yeah, so I was, just, I was looking spot. over the schedule. So of the three teams playing in week zero, Hawaii, San Diego State, San Jose State, Hawaii is the only one with only one bye. Both the Aztecs and the Spartans have two. Interesting. Um, wonder why. I guess Hawaii only has – do they have 13 games or do they stick with 12? Because I know they can always rotate. Uh, I don't no, have... I believe they have 13. Interesting. And one bye. Okay. That's, that's always – it's odd for Hawaii. So – but that, yeah, week zero, uh, FBS schedules is failing me, Matt, to see week zero. But if we go to the schedule that you wrote up, wrote up recently, we have week zero games. There's a, oh my freaking, sorry, my internet's going very slow. I'm not a fan of it. Let's just do this. Let's just go alphabetical order because that's what we decided before. Now I'm throwing a wrench into things and screwed up my flow here on the podcast. So I forgive you. Thank you. Hope everybody does as well. So I have a quite okay. Here's the interesting thing. I'm looking at Air Force's schedule. They got Robert Morris, and we're not going to go game by game. We're going to go big picture. Some ideas they have here. Air Force is interesting. They have multiple neutral site games. Mm-hmm. They play Sam Houston State, who is a newly elevated FBS member. Are they in Conference USA? I want to say. Uh, yes. Was, okay. They're playing that game. It says in Houston. I haven't looked at the Air Force official schedule. Are they playing at like University of Houston to play at NRG Stadium? Right. So I think I think I may have to correct that in the article because oh. I I remembered reading a while back that that game was supposed to be in Houston. I think at the Texas Stadium, but now if you if I look at the uh, the official Air Force schedule on their website, it does say that it's in Huntsville. How the heck did they? How did they get roped into this road game? This is a, a terrible idea. Okay, explain that. It's an FCS team. Go. Okay, so, excuse me. They're going to be FBS on July 1st, I believe, officially. Mm-hmm. Why Why would they schedule even a neutral site game against an FCS team? I know they're moving up. It's only been a couple of years since that announcement's been made, but I don't think it's a good idea. Like, what's the point? What do you get out of it? Like, Sam Houston State's a pretty good team. They're not a pushover college, you know what I mean? Not a pushover team in FCS. They're pretty good. Remember, Bob, was it Bob DeBose went to New Mexico from there and ran up the offense pretty good? Mm-hmm. And this is also the Bearcats with the K, just so if you're wondering. But this team is not, it's not, it's not road games versus this type of level of competition. Come on. I'm not trying to be all, we're better. Mountain West is better than everybody, I mean, but it's, a, it's an FCS team. It's like this shouldn't have been scheduled because this was scheduled when they were an FCS team. I get the Army, Navy stuff, or sorry, more Air Force. Excuse me, I'm going backwards. Apologies for Air Force listeners for me mentioning those two first. But even if it's a neutral site at a place where you might have alumni and a good crowd, Play at home. Come on. I don't get it. I mean, I don't know that I necessarily have a problem with it. Obviously, we'll, we'll dive more in, into more detail about the Bearcats over the summer. But I do think it's worth noting they were only five and four in the WAC last year. And while they were 27th overall in terms of like uh, SP plus on the FCS level, it was a very one-sided 
performance. Like they were much better on offense than on defense. So even if the Falcons are you're replacing an, a number of key players on the offensive side of the ball, I don't know that I would necessarily characterize it at first glance like a Mountain West team walking into a matchup, for example, with James Madison last year, where Not the Dukes quite, ended no. up being a much better team out the gate than expected. I think that, and again, I'm going to have to do more research on this later in the year, but I think the Sam Houston State might go through some growing pains, even with a relatively cushy landing spot in Conference USA. Like they could go in and win seven games possibly in Conference USA. Like mm-hmm. overall, I'm just saying their Conference USA is not very good. But it's just playing on the road in this type of game. I don't, I don't get it. Like, what's the benefit of doing that? Now, if it's a particularly true road game in Huntsville, where they have literally, I think we talked about it recently, gigantic statue of Sam Houston there outside, like fifty plus feet. It's weird. I mean, I think the more interesting thing, which is always a, a quirk of their schedule, given the fact that they play both of the other academies, is the fact that they are once again opening conference play the following week at home against Utah State. Hey, at least it's not Boise State like typical, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a good change but of I, pace. But, I, but it is, but it is going to be a really important game for both sides, not only because you know both teams are looking to sort of you know, recapture something that was missing in, in 2022. But I think this might make a useful juncture to remind our listeners that the the overall schedule for every team is different this year because there are no more divisions. There's no more West and no more Mountain, where each team has two protected Good. games, you know, every you know, annually. But you know, that means that I think this this first game of the year that the Falcons typically have in this case against the Aggies is going to be even more important than it would have been, you know, in, in recent years, you know, where the Falcons typically got matched up in, uh, in a mountain division game. And it was, like I said, if it wasn't Utah state, it was typically Boise state or someone else on that side of the conference. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested to see sort of how that plays itself out in future seasons too. You know, what happens when that first game of the of the conference season is between the Falcons and let's say like a team from the West, the former West division, what that'll yeah, look that'll... like. But I do think with this sort of renewed new look race to the top, you know, that first game suddenly takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. And then also there was the uh what was it last year? Was it Air, yeah, Air Force had all the close losses, but they're all division losses. Like they I don't I don't have the stages in front of me, but there's a chance where if they have a similar type of season last year where they lose to former Mountain Division, uh, not teammates, but uh, conference, whatever you want to call it, within the same division. They can mm-hmm. afford to any team, not just Air Force, but last year they lost, I believe, all three of their games were division games and close ones, I think. Maybe yeah. San Diego State, I don't recall. But you, it's like with, with uh, Utah's past year in the Pac-12, no division. They kept the same schedule, but no divisions. So they, they were, <clears throat> had there been divisions, they wouldn't have made it because it's Utah-USC. They're both in the mm-hmm. South. There'd have been somebody else. So there's a chance to say Air Force or any team, they could lose two games against, like, say, we're talking Air Force. Say they lose to Utah State, Boise State. Two losses doesn't automatically kick you out of it, even though they would have been division losses compared to the last couple of years or re- every year, but this upcoming year. So that's a plus two yeah. where it allows more teams and the best teams to be there too. And I, and I will say too that, like, when you look at the overall schedule, 
like I don't know. I mean, I, I know that there are early favorites out there to rise to the top of the Mountain West in 2023. I think Boise State, which we'll talk about in a moment, mm-hmm. it, it tends to be the team that is getting the most early helium. But would you agree with me that the Falcons really do go through the ringer in the first half of that conference schedule? They go, you said go through the yeah, that's hard, right? Yeah, it. it it kind of is, yeah. It could be. I mean, the, the, because on the one hand, like there's there's no gimmies, like they don't face New Mexico at all this season, um, and their first four games, uh, like we've just mentioned, at home versus Utah State, then on the road at San Jose State, and then back to back home games versus San Diego State in Wyoming. I think by weekend they're to Annapolis for the first leg of that Commanders Treat Trophy. Yeah, they do get off week between Aztecs and Cowboys. So there's that in there too. But so also, I mean, there's the breakup there's an opportunity too for them to go two and zero in conference play before anybody else even gets a chance to go one and zero. Like they, yeah. they they play that San Jose State game the same week that uh, both. Uh, or maybe that's not technically correct because San Diego State and Boise State play on Friday night, the twenty yeah, second. No. Okay, the day before. All right. <laughs> but it could just as easily be a very perilous path because while there's no. You know, obviously, you know, superior or, or excuse me, inferior opponents. There's no real like, like there's a lot of potential even ground because everybody in that group has the potential to make some waves, even if none of them are a particular favorite at present. Yeah, I would say off the cuff, I'm going to do what I did last off season, like tennis record projection with like SP plus, FEI, mm-hmm. those type of things, like random schedules out there, based what the computers say, but. My gut right now, I know Air Force loses Brett Roberts. Obviously, obviously, Hazik Daniels, a couple offensive linemen, like guys who are potentially trying to go to NFL. So there's that those mm-hmm. issues. Also, real quick, I looked at the Sam Houston State thing situation. It was scheduled last fall, and it's kind of on a pinch because they had to replace New Mexico State, who's moving the conference US conference USA as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why they switched up. So that's a quick backstory of that. But looking at where their favorites, like Utah State. I bet they'd be favored favored versus Utah State at home specifically. The the tough games. I said San Jose State, one of my dark horses with Shavon Cordero and everything to win potentially in the conference. Aztecs, if their defense figures things out after last, well, not figures them out. That's a poor choice of words. But B maybe be more elite, or more specifically, if the running game gets going, that's at home. That's very difficult. Wyoming, they're always stingy, and it's a kind of a rivalry game. Then they the breakup between conference play and non is very difficult. Like you mentioned, they go to Navy. After Wyoming at home, they go to CSU, who they're going to be better with um, Clay Millen there and Tory Horton. But that's a road game that might be a little bit trickier just because it's on the road. They play host Army at, I'm guessing, the Broncos Stadium. That's breaking up non-conference play. There's a lot of traps. Like CSU could be a trap at Hawaii. They should be a little bit better. They host UNLV if Doug Brumfield and Barry Odom, what he's doing coaching the team, and that in Brandon Marion offense, that could be a sneaky, interesting game. And then they go to Boise State. It's going to be there. Maybe we're, I'm being too, we're being too rosy here, but there's not many games. I'm like, they're going to win this game or that game. They're going to be favored a good amount. Like you, the first three games for sure. Robert Morris, Sam Houston State, Utah State, yes. Probably not San Jose State. Probably not San Diego State. So maybe like half their games they'll be favored in, but it's going to be close either way. Maybe I maybe think, seven or eight, maybe eight. If I'm being optimistic, I mean, I think that's I think that's reasonable. I think for my part, right now, 
you know, especially without knowing sort of what the offense is going to look like, breaking in a new fullback, breaking in a new quarterback, and at least like one or two new pass catchers. I feel like we're going to know exactly how much regression the Falcons are trying to withstand by the end of September. Yeah, I think so, because the running game is going to be different with not a true good, as far as we know, not three legit threats running the ball. They'll have El- El- John Lee Eldridge is back, obviously. But Brad mm-hmm. Roberts is a once, like, Jacoby Owens is good. Brad Roberts, like, swiped the floor at Jacoby Owens, essentially. So, yeah. All right, let's move on. We we're, we can't spend 10 minutes on every team, Matt, so we need to get going here, <laughs> even though we'd probably right. like to. Boise what State. Boise State? They start off, I get, oh, man, their non-conference slate's pretty difficult. Should we make the, uh, do we go the wink-wink two power five teams because UCF is now in the Big 12 for their week two game? <laughs> Yeah, I guess we kind of have to at this point. Ah, fine. We can still make fun of the Golden Knights occasionally, right? Is that on the table still? Or is that always on the table? Of course. Okay, perfect. Excellent. (laughs) So, yeah, they go to Washington, who was a 10-win team last year, top 15 team, and should be better, and could legitimately have a Heisman finalist in a Michael Penix Jr. and facing up against the former Fresno State coach, Kellen DeBoer. That's going to be a difficult game. However, Matt, Will Talon's Green's arms just lead, lead them to victory by crushing everybody this past? Because we posted some photos on Twitter, retweeted. He seems to be uh, doing very well in the weight room at the moment. So maybe he can yeah. flex his way to victory up at Husky Stadium. That'll be a tough one. What's really interesting to me is like, you know, for most of their conference schedule, Actually, I think it's, I mean, if you if you sort of gloss over the fact that they have back-to-back road games at San Diego State to open conference play, and then at Memphis to end non-conference play, Ooh. they don't have any, like, two-game homestands the rest of the year. Like, it's they're, they're at home, then on the road. At home. That's always fascinating to me, like, which team ends up stuck with that. Yeah, back and forth. But they also don't have a like a particularly easy early part of the schedule as well. Like after the Aztecs, after the Tigers, you know, then they get three games, you know, in October. Um, you know, home versus San Jose State at Colorado State, home versus Wyoming. It's been a while since they've seen the Spartans. And obviously they've they've had the Rams' number, you know, every year, basically. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Not basically. Factually correct, Boise has never lost to Colorado State in the Mountain West. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, I, that's true. I couldn't remember if it was zero or one. So my apologies had, to the Broncos they had, they had, out there. They had that giant lead at one point and lost. I forget what year it was, but uh, they're over. So we'll see if this is the year Clay Millen can break through and Jay Norvell. Doubtful, but, but you I, never know. But I, but I do think, like you know, for as tough as the non-conference schedule is, I do think there's the potential there for them to get off to a fast start in conference play. I think the real crucible is maybe that. You know the the home game versus Wyoming, followed by the trip to Fresno to take on the Bulldogs at the middle in the beginning of November. I think that right there could settle whether they're you know firmly ensconced into one of those top two spots, or whether they're going to have some work to do down the stretch. I disagree. Give me San Diego State. San Jose State is more important conference games. Those are more difficult. Okay. I think it's on the road. I, I mean, the only re- the only reason I because I. I I don't want to undersell Wyoming because as frustrating as they have been, they have been you know, the one team in the conference that I would have, I think just off the top of my head without looking at past results, they tend to give the Broncos a more frustrating time than just about anybody else in the Mountain West. 
And I think even though that game is at home, you know, even two years ago, they had to survive like a one score game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Cowboys have the defense. They have an experienced quarterback, whatever you want to make of Andrew Peasley, if he gets a little bit better. And the running game is always doesn't matter who they toss out there. It's going well. So it'll be at worst like a finicky game where Bushy probably will win. But it wouldn't surprise me like you said in the past, like it could be 27-12 or 27, like within 27-14, something where it's while well, I mean, kind of within striking distance throughout the game and just annoys Boise enough to make them really have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And not many points either. I think that's the way it could go. But I just think I just I'm high in San Jose State, so I think those two first two first two games gonna be quite difficult. But the, those thinking that back to back road games, you do come home, but still you're going far far to play to, in Tennessee to play Memphis, who isn't very not great. But I just think Aztecs, if their running game gets going, if Jalen Daniels, their quarterback, gets going, no, um, shoot, Jalen me. Sure. I was thinking of the Arizona quarterback for some reason. Jalen made him like that did not sound right. But if he gets things going and like I mentioned, running running game, but Spartans, they might have the best quarterback in the conference. Like Boise State will have a good there's a lot of good QBs, but I think coming into the season, would you well, we'll get that later, but Cordero is a really good guy. But the back to back every other week at Fresno State, that'll be interesting just because it it always kind of is, but we don't know their situation. But every other game to get to Mexico, who do they miss? They missed Nevada, unfortunately. And who else did they miss on the schedule? Hawaii, too? Is that right? Uh, Hawaii, yeah. Okay. Nevada, Hawaii. Trying to think of the new schedule setup, like rivals and Mountain Division, former Mountain Division teams they missed. Because they got Utah State. They got Air Force. They got New Mexico. They got, they got everybody. They play, in the all form- five of the, they, they play all five of the former Mountain, okay. Mountain Division teams. All right. That's what I'm getting. So, they're, they're, yeah, the, every other week is interesting. They get a bite in the middle of the season, which is nice, basically. But – the back-to-back home and road, it's just going to be tricky. Like, I mean, with at Utah State, I know they usually dominate, but they're usually a solid team. Like, last year was close until the end where the score was indicative indicative of what happened with those, what, two late touchdowns, like, in a minute. Yeah. So, it'll be – it's a not an easy schedule. Like, there's a lot of pitfalls here or there, but, like, there, nothing shouts out, like, oh, this is this stretch of four games is tough. But I do agree, like, the two conference games you mentioned are difficult. I prefer the other two more. So that stretch, I guess, that late September to mid-October, those five, the six games, two or five games will be, I guess that is their tough stretch, even though I think there's a chance where they're going to be fine in those games, starting from San Diego State to Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, if, if Boise does end up in the championship game again, I, I really don't think you can't say that they did, they would not have earned it. Yeah, especially like road, like at San Diego State's going to be tough. Um, hmm. At Fresno's good, Fresno's good enough now where – They've been good at for a while, but it's not a gimme. They go to Utah State, which who knows? Air Force is always stuff. Yeah, they they they'll have the work cut out for them. So we go on to CSU, where they are hoping Clay Millen can throw. And I don't know. Is I should look at Parker Feldman because I know he's been putting a ton on Twitter about all sorts of random stats this offseason. Do they have like an mm-hmm. average an A dot for Clay Millen <laughs> average depth of target? Is it like five yards? Uh, it can't. That, it can't I be can... that good. <laughs> Honestly, that I could probably look up a pro football focus if you really want that. No, it's, we, can, we can look later. I should, I could as well have a PFF. I just thought it's kind of a joke because everything was a screen pass or a short, quick pass because of uh, offensive line was a, a complete disaster. But there it was seven point seven, by the way. Okay, where does that kind of stand? Do you have like a ranking, or you just look up his name? I'm sorry uh, to put, okay, put you on the spot let, more. <laughs> let's let's put it this way, just for you know, quick quick. Fun fact, maybe not so fun for Rams fans. Um, same average depth of target as Braxton Burmeister. 
okay there you go and, and just one. ahead of just ahead of cj montez out in, down in new mexico so what you're telling me that's not good company to be with if you're starting quarterback with in the mountain west well to be fair like they did not give him many opportunities to stretch the field or to be or to also be awesome with them tory horton's really good and if he gets the line he'll be awesome or this year which is not a word, but, but even with that Horton was like, was literally the best receiver in the conference. So they play Washington state at home. They play at Colorado. So whatever you want to think of Deion Sanders and coach prime, they honestly, okay. I'm making a bold and stupid prediction right here. Rams are going four and oh in non-conference play four and oh. Okay. Washington state doesn't scare me. Do they scare? Should they scare the Rams all that much besides maybe being higher rated on the recruiting rankings? I mean, I think they're better than you think they are, probably. I I think they're good, but I don't I, mean, I think that's a winnable game. Colorado was a complete disaster last year, and there's no way they're gonna be I they're not gonna have a like Fresno State or Kansas type turnaround in Deion Sanders first year as head coach. They're not gonna have okay. those big six to eight, ten win swings. Now, could they lose to at Boulder? Like anything's possible. The Rams weren't great last year. But I like look at Air Force did to see you. They beat the pants off them. What it was like forty to ten or something like that. Three, four touchdown victory. Some dominant, mm-hmm. dominant performance at Middle Tennessee State. The Blue Raiders. That'll be that'll be a little tricky. And then Utah Tech's a FCS team. They should beat them. But I, I don't think I don't think I'm crazy saying there's a chance they can go four and zero. I would I would encourage people to tap the brakes on that. <laughs> I think it is probably more likely they go one and three. What? Dude, come on. Colorado's terrible. I think you're underselling Washington State. I think you're maybe underselling Middle Tennessee State. And I think you're forgetting that the Rams have lost to some bad Colorado teams in the past. (laughs) Trying to be on the bright side here this week, Matt. But okay, I mean, I think that you know the the Rams are still very much a work in progress, which I think you know, looking looking at their early season schedule in conference play, you know, their four game October slate is what I think is most interesting. I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Rams in that stretch when they go at Utah State, home versus Boise, at UNLV, home versus Air Force. I think that's a really good mix of teams that, you know, one way or another, I would say maybe accepting the Broncos. You know, those other three teams are going to be like jockeying for position in, in the bowl picture at a minimum, or they're going to have expectations of doing so. So if Colorado, so like, even if they fall flat in non-conference play, even if they do get off to like a two and two or one and three start, I don't think that's necessarily the, uh, uh, the end of whatever hopes they have to reach the postseason. because if they can turn around and go three and one in October, I think that puts them in a very manageable position going into November where, you know, without, you know, a Fresno State on the schedule, like they they do get San Diego State at home. They do get the border war on the road at Wyoming, but then they close the year with Nevada and Hawaii. So the, I think that the, the path is there for them to maybe get off to a slow start, but to have a really fast finish and, and have the kind of season that I think a lot of people might have expected them to have last year. Oh, wait, I don't get it. you expect them to maybe go three and one going to Utah State, Boise State, UNLV Air Force. You think that's three and one potentially? I think it's more likely they go three and one in that stretch than they go four and oh in conference play. 
I don't know, man. I, I should say Washington State, I'd probably oversell it. Like they should they're better than they'll say. But my point, those first four games, no team is extremely neither is the Rams. So don't get me wrong, neither the Rams. I would say those teams are none of them are dominant. They're gonna come in and just beat the crap out of anybody they play. They're pretty good. But I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it. But I would I would no, I disagree. I disagree. I think the first four games are more winnable than the next four. They're not beating Boise State. They're not beating Air Force. Probably not beating UNLV on the road. Utah State on the road. There, there's that, okay. you know what though that that game in Vegas seems to me like a a litmus test for both sides. Definitely, because it's coming at it's coming in the at the exact midpoint of of the season for both teams. So, like if if you're you know the Rams for example, if you can come out of that game two and one. I think for the purposes of like trying to get to six and six and 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 reach a bowl, that game is going to be a very very big one for them on the road. Like that's the kind of game that they would I think they would have struggled in last year, you know, playing on the road. Yeah, looking now, it's there's they're either going to be really good or I don't think there's a chance for them to be just average this year. What they win last year was it three wins, four wins? Yeah. Okay, but looking at what they play. There's all the only games I'm like really confident like they could win. Like I know I mentioned four on non-conference. Like there's probably not. It's very difficult to do that. But I don't think the teams are world beaters. But they're gonna be Utah Tech, and I guarantee they'll probably win the other three for sure. But the only teams I'm like they're really better than like when way it's set up, they get also they get their bye in week two, which is ridiculously and terrible. That they play eleven straight weeks. It's gonna be very difficult as well. So that's also why we look at that middle stretch. They might beat UNLV. They might beat Wyoming, but it's on the road. There's a chance they may have as many wins as last year as this year. Nevada and at Hawaii and Utah Tech are probably the only ones I'm saying, yes, give me a victory for the Rams. That's it. I could, I could like, well, Colorado, maybe. They're not great. Like I said, Washington State's good, probably. I think they'd be kind of close, but maybe I'm just kind of too optimistic. But there's a chance they may have four wins this year again, or just one more win than last year with four. It's going to be really interesting to follow. Yeah, because they go every other week. It'll just be it'll be tough. All right, next up, your Fresno State Bulldogs, Matt. They get to play two Power 5 teams on the road, Purdue at Arizona State. They get Kent State, Eastern Washington, who's going to be pretty good. Who's your quarterback? Is it going to be Logan Fife? Is that right? Well, uh, to be determined, uh, there could be as many as three guys getting reps in spring ball. Uh, which I believe is set to start tomorrow as we record this on the 5th. Because um, they did bring in Mikey Keene from UCF, uh, and they do also return Jalen Henderson, who competed for the backup spot behind Jake Hanner last year as well. Do you have a confidence in either of those to be above average within the league? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because I think you know, I think the the most of the problem last year when Fife was under center was that it wasn't that he wasn't accurate, but he struggled with turnovers in a way that uh, Hainer really didn't. And and you you mentioned you know average depth of target for uh, for Clay Millen a minute ago. Also worth noting that you know Fife's average depth of target was only six point eight, which was even worse than those three quarterbacks we mentioned uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, he was neck and neck with Miles Kendrick out of New Mexico, gotcha. to put that in context. Okay. So, I mean, I think that there's 
you know, there's there's plenty to like when you look back at the at the tape, but there's also plenty to work upon. And I think you have someone like Keen who has an at least a little bit of an established track record as a starter for the Knights. That you know he's going to come in and push job, push hard for that job. Yeah, no, I think the offense. That's part of the, the offense. Towards quarterback, remember new right receivers, new running backs. There's a lot of offense as well. But the schedule specifically, do you see their November slate, Matt? That's quite difficult. Oh yeah, they host Boise, host Boise State, go to San Jose State. Okay, you got to Mexico, whatever. Sorry, Lobos, but you got it's the truth. And at San Diego State, three of those four teams. That might be the stretch. Like, I don't know if Fresno State's going to be the running for the conference championship this year with all the new pieces. If they are, it's going to be because that November they go at least three and one. Well, I would also add if they are, it's because they racked up wins early. Yeah. Because because the other four games at the beginning of that conference slate, in beginning September 30th, at home versus Nevada, at Wyoming, at Utah State, home versus UNLV. Like the, the only yeah. the only matchups that scare me right now on March fifth are is that road game against the Cowboys because you know Wyoming has they they haven't played as often yeah but I remember the last time they went to Laramie that was a defensive slugfest the Bulldogs you know I think it was a seventeen nothing game but Hayner was relatively quiet that day um, and so I, I wonder. What Craig Bull and the, and the and that Cowboys defense will be able to to cook up against the Bulldogs, uh, especially with so many new looks on offense, and the Rebels have also played Fresno State pretty close over the last few years as well. So it's but you know so if they hang around, if the Bulldogs hang around and end up four and zero, which again I'm not entirely certain that that's going to happen. But then that that makes that November fourth matchup at home versus Boise, and maybe this is obvious. It makes it a titanic <laughs> matchup between those two teams. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be out there. If they get it, it's gonna be oh my goodness, man! If they they can get it going. But what do you think about non-conference? Purdue, Arizona State, both road games. ASU, I don't know, man. They seem uh, they're they're I mean, it, it wouldn't... in the desert. <laughs> It wouldn't shock me if they were like slight underdogs in both those games on the road. Yeah. But Eastern Washington was not a great team last year. And nope. I didn't realize this before looking it up, but apparently Kent State has the worst overall SB plus projection of any team in the FBS. 133? Yeah. They apparently they got gutted by transfers. And oh, by the way, their offensive or their their old head coach Sean Lewis is now the offensive coordinator at Colorado. Yeah, he left to take that job. So that's what it tells you about college football a little bit today. So, so you, so what I'm hearing there is possibly four zero, right? Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm not. <laughs> I would be shocked if they weren't at least two and two, though. Yeah, because Arizona State will have talent. Uh, like Purdue, other other than yeah. the game against Boise State, I do think you know the 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 matchup against UNLV is going to tough going to be tough. The rest of the home slate in particular is going to be very friendly. Yeah, Kent State, Nevada, East EW, EWU, yeah, Boise, UNLV. Those back those are also back to back games too, so that'll be something to tell as well. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, that, you know, even November, even if it uh, even if it takes time for the Bulldogs to pull things together, and like even if they aren't like necessarily an odds on favorite to be in the championship game again, you know, if you rack up wins at home and steal up and steal one or two wins on the road, 
that's all you need to be an easy bowl game or an easy bowl team. I, I honestly, this might be, this is, it's five and one too easy of a home stretch to say they'll go five and one. Like no. most likely lost to Boise state. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Then you beat, you could split Purdue, Arizona state. I think that's reasonable. About six Utah state, maybe seven, like maybe seven. Yeah. I like their floor is high. Floor is like seven wins in my opinion, if not more. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm putting over under win totals, I might put like seven and a half. And to make me question to go over eight and a half might be put a little pushing it for me. But if mm-hmm. if I see a line out there in like a few months and it's seven and a half, I'm taking the over in Fresno State in a heartbeat. I probably would too. Would you go eight and a half above? No, that because case? in my article that I wrote. Which again, mwire.com. Uh, I projected out. my early, early, early projection is eight and four. Okay. So that's what I think. I think if it's eight and a half, I'm like, that's tough. I think, I honestly think it'll be seven and a half. I'll be running to the two hour casino for me to put 10 bucks in Nevada or Fresno State to give me a few dollars. Cause I think last time I did it, like win totals, I think I was victorious in like three, four of them I did. So that was always nice. Mm-hmm. Next game, where are we going? We're we going to Hawaii. That's right. I don't know what to make of Hawaii, man. This is not a team preview, but they had problems last year. They were interesting, but they had issues. They got blown out by... They got by better a, at the end of the year. Is it is there a revenge factor playing at Vanderbilt? Or is there like, no? That's What, they give up 50-something points to the, the Vanderbilt? Oh, it was more than that. It was like... 60? It, wasn't it like 69 to 10? It was a lot. Um, at, their non-conference schedule is difficult because... Actually, it's not that difficult. Let me rephrase that. It is, it is and it isn't. Because like the, sure. they get a road trip at Oregon. They're not going to win that one. They probably no. are going to win at Vanderbilt. But the other three games at home, yeah. home versus Stanford, home versus FPS, Albany, home versus New Mexico State. They can win all three of those, I think. Stanford might be a little trickier. Stanford cause... is starting from scratch. They are. they Talent-wise, like actual recruiting-wise, talent they could bring in. Going to be better, but yeah, they have a what Troy Taylor come up from Sac State to be their head coach, mm-hmm. and that's a very that's I I think they should win that game, but I could see where Stanford just having um, is Tanner McKee still the quarterback? He didn't go pro, did he? I, I don't check. recall off the top of my head. I'm not I'll sure. Ch- I'll check real quick, but that's a game where they can win. I don't see why they like. I'm not saying they will, but there's a very likable likable victory for that. Mm-hmm. Trying to see if he went pro because I know there's talk about it. He's David not listed Shaw, on the current roster, so I think he okay. might have gone pro. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's trying to think about because David Shaw's like he's great, he's amazing, but not much. But I do like they keep you you and LV in the schedule. But the way it's set up, like they're 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 also road home, road home, which is kind of unfortunate for Hawaii because all the travel wise. Yep. Here's the here, here's the thing though. Yeah. But the, the on the flip side, the fortunate thing for them. No Boise State. Sure. No Fresno State either. And no back-to-back road games, I guess, too. So that's always good. Yeah. I mean, they do travel a lot. Like, they have to go to both New Mexico and Wyoming at different points of the conference schedule. But I do think, like, if if the offense continues to sort of pull itself together, you know, they've fully committed to the run and shoot during spring practice this this, past, you know, a few weeks or so. So, like, if it comes together, if they can identify, like, new pass catchers, if they can get that going more consistently, 
they could they could continue to be a, a very serious thorn in the side for a lot of teams on the on you know, up and down the schedule. The only downside of their schedule, like I like how they you mentioned the pauses of the good teams they miss, but their easier games are all on the road. So I'm not saying you know these true. Easy, yeah, UNLV, I'm not saying they're an easy team, but they were five wins. Not every road team is non outside of Wyoming was not eligible. The Mexico conference, I should say, excluding Vandy and Oregon, obviously. Mm-hmm. UNLV, no bowl game. New Mexico, no bowl game. Nevada, no bowl game. Wyoming mm-hmm. did make a bowl game, and they're quite good. But the four easier games that they could win are all on the road. They get CSU at home. That's winnable. Not good. That's all I'm going to say at the moment. Those teams are pretty comparable. But every game where, oh, I can see them beating Nevada. I can see them beating New Mexico. They have to travel to those places. So that's the downside of missing good opponents. Aztecs come to town. Spartans come to town. Air Force. It's difficult for people to make that trip out there. But if you go on the road, I'd rather want to play. I get it, but it's no I get what you're logistics, travel-wise. Oh, yeah, this team, we could probably beat New Mexico. But you do the long trip to get out there. It takes a day and a half, however they stay and want, do all their – whatever it takes them to get going for those long road trips. That takes a toll, so it would be nicer to get kind of an easier opponent at home. But that's going to be the very difficult part of the schedule where, like, they may lose some of those games. Like, they may lose – not that they're better than Nevada or New Mexico, but it's just harder to go on the road. So some games, like, oh, they can win that or be a toss-up. It's now maybe more of a 40-60 proposition than maybe a toss-up. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make it tough for them to improve to five, six wins or whatever they're going to potentially get this year. Because Albany, yeah, New Mexico State, yeah, after that, they'll get maybe two or three more, but it'll be dicey. It'll be an uphill climb, I think, in the same way that it was last year, for sure. And when's their bye week come in? Because they play the extra game. Uh, they have a bye between the road trip to Vegas and a home game versus San Diego State. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, that'll be a little bit helpful posting Aztecs there. All right, so let's go to Nevada here. Oh, USC, really open the year. Oh my yeah, god! You know what though? They got to they got to get that paycheck. Got to pay the bills. Got to pay. Hey, but they do host Kansas. There was yeah, a power five. Let's, power let's five be real though. Kansas is going to be a much better team than Nevada this year. I know. I'm just saying they get to host a, a good team. A bowl. Did, they made Jayhawks made a bowl. Yeah, they played the Arkansas yes. Kansas bowl game. That was amazing. I remember that with KJ Jefferson. And Daniel, no, it was amazing. But their schedule yeah. overall, it's they have they're the opposite teams of every other. They have like back multiple back to back home, back to back roads. It's like Idaho, mm-hmm. Kansas, Texas State, Fresno. Those are home road the first two last two, and then in October, November, same type of deal. The Mexico, Hawaii at home, Utah State, CSU on the road. So with Nevada and Ken Wilson, they they they're in a position where they're still trying to figure out quarterback. They're needing new running backs, replacing guys like Don Peterson on defense. They're still going to be – I don't want to say they're going to be worse than last year, Matt, but the way it plays out for who they're playing, when and where, it's going to be tough, man. I'm reserving can, I'm reserving more critical judgment until I see more of what they do in the spring. Yeah, agree. But I will know I – mean, I mean, I will note that the, the – First three game stretch in conference play at Fresno, home versus UNLV at San Diego State. That's that's tough. Yeah. For a team looking to sort of just make strides and get back to respectability. Two teams that are going to be well above seven or eight wins. Hopefully, that's the plan. And your rival. 
Also, why is it not on Nevada Day? What the heck? What are they doing? They must, there must have been another engagement of some kind. The Raiders in town, Allegiant Stadium. I don't know. Just wondering what this deal that is. Oh yeah, no, that's a, no, that's it. No, that's arena. Apologies, that's a home game. Never mind. My mistake on that. But here's a good pause about the schedule. They get obviously at Texas State on the road. Texas State's terrible, so that's a game they could they could get that road game potentially. UNLV at home. It's it's a rivalry, so you never know because weird things happen. But it's at home. New Mexico at home. Easier game at home. Easier game Hawaii at home. Wyoming difficult, but at home going to CSU. I don't think they'll win it, but it's. There's still some blood there with Jay Norvell going going east to join the Rams, so there's some there's some potential there for them to get maybe an extra one or two than we thought based on who they get at home. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be very easy overall. Like I think no. whatever improvements they make this year may not necessarily be reflected in the win column. Definitely. All right, we got to move quick, quick here. Sorry for we wasted too much time in Air Force, guys. So let's move on here. New Mexico <laughs> at Texas. Oh, what? Well, I know they're going through spring football right now. We need to also reserve judgment for the Lobos because they made good hires with Danny Gonzalez bringing in UAB's interim coach, UAB quarterback as well. So that's probably the starter. Offense should be a bit more open if you watch any. Excuse me. Any uh, what was it? They're not the Dragons, are they? What's their official mascot? At UAB. Blazers. The Blazers. Okay. I know they got the dragon with the flames. I'm like, it's not the dragon. It doesn't sound right. Thank you for helping me out with that. The Blazers. So there is optimistic for the offense to be more fun, but it's still the Mexico talent is always lacking, unfortunately. And for where they play, they have, they're also the, uh, again, going back to what Nevada did home, home, road, road, a bunch of those games. They go. They had to go all the way to freaking UMass, Matt, all the way to Amherst to play a football game. But guess what? They can win that one. So that's good for them, right? Yeah, I was going to say UMass is terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. Um, they Tennessee Tech, they could win. New Mexico State, they could win. They could beat UMass. So there's a there's a chance they could be three and one against them optimistic. That'd be awesome for them if they could. But then they go conference play gets difficult for Wyoming, San Jose State with the offense hosting Hawaii, which is a winnable game too. So that's all good for them. So their schedules doesn't, it plays out pretty nicely. The only real difficult stretch is UNLV, Boise State, and Fresno. Like overly difficult. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if, they, if they're going to make strides this year, if they're going to, if they're going to challenge for six and six, they're going to have to win games early. They are like there. It's a, it's a nice schedule setting up after Texas A&M. All those games. Well, not all those games, but they're obviously more competitive. San Jose State, well, I mean, probably the only exception out of there where they're probably not going to either of those, but they could win majority of those other games if they get things going in the right way. For Like you mentioned, they need to get together by Halloween if they want to get a bowl game because they're probably going 0-4 in December. Or excuse me, November. Yeah, and I do think it's like, it's that you know two-game stretch at the very end of October, home versus Hawaii at Nevada, which is is going to determine a lot for all three of those teams, I think, for you know because they're all in in roughly the same boat where they finished, you know, near the bottom of the standings last year. Um, you know, neither of them, I mean, neither the Wolfpack nor the Warriors had like super high expectations going into, you know, year zero with a new head coach and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But especially for the Lobos, you know, for for Danny Gonzalez and the rest of that team. 
know, this is year four, like you've got to start making a move now. And and that's not going to happen if you can't win most, if not all of those most, most winnable games. Yeah. And it's also, he has to, that's why I brought in the new coaches. It's, this might be, you said year four, like key, they might let them go through year five, but it's hard to go into next year without having even the automatic one year fake extension for recruiting purposes. Mm-hmm. I think he's either bad. He's it's make or break. That's the best way to put it here. Because if he doesn't win, they're going to just cut him loose. And, but if he's close to his improvement, they'll give him probably hopefully not the fake one year, but maybe give him like a two year extension, minimal raise. If any, if they go four and eight, I think he needs to get at least four wins to keep going. I think you're right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Next game, San Jose State. My dark horse team won it all. You, no, you forgot about San Diego State. Oh, I, sorry. I scrolled too fast. I apologize. I was already halfway done. My my two-finger scroll on my MacBook past the Aztecs. That's not my slight and how I feel about San Diego State people. You guys now have a quarterback who I very much enjoy watching play football. And now that he'll have a full spring and fall to get going, I can see some big things with this team, assuming running game gets going. And they get to host Ohio. Great. They host UCLA to go to Oregon State. It's going to be tricky. That stretch, let's just start here. Their stretch of UCLA, Oregon State, Boise State, Air Force, that's a doozy. That's a tough one. It's a hard schedule. It is. Oregon State could win the Pac-12. You heard it here maybe first. But they do get seven home games. That's nice. Mm-hmm. They host a Power 5 team in UCLA. But that stretch is going to tell tell a lot in those games, and they get you no. Know, it's also crappy. They play. They go at Oregon State and host Boise on a short week. That's not good. At least it's not the other way around, like road, like the uh, home road. But still, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. This is a. So, what are your thoughts? Like, that's a tough stretch there. I mean, honestly, I think it's going to start from the very beginning with the with the with the Bobcats at home mm-hmm. on week zero, because I mean, you're forgetting like they they. In the last time we talked about that Ohio team, it was in last year's Arizona Bowl, and they played that game without the MAC Player of the Year, Curtis Rourke. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that he's going to be 100% by August. And if he is, he's going to be very difficult for the I-6 defense to stop. And then, you know, other than the reprieve, you know, at home the following week against Idaho State, like, if, if the Aztecs aren't careful like they could be going into that Hawaii game with a one and five record. We think it'd be that bad. I'm not saying that it will be that bad, but I'm saying that their schedule is that tough. Interesting. So what's the one so, with it? So I don't like state, they're, right? They're going to have to, <laughs> they're going to have to bring their a game from the get go. Yeah, that's, that's brutal, man. That's a, uh, cause what's Ohio SP plus you have that in front of you. I should pull that. Uh, so you know it. what? I do not. But like what you said, if they have their top, the one of the top players back, let me pull it up here real quick. But you're right. Like UCLA, yes, they don't have Dorian Thompson Robinson anymore. I don't think Zach Char- is Jack Charbonnet still there. I think he moved on as well. So there's I a little he moved on a little bit Ohio, of rebuild. By the way, is ranked. Uh, sorry, I just saw it a minute ago. 104th by SP plus. They're beating Ohio. Sorry. <laughs> they, okay, a, but they have an they have an offensive SP plus ranking of sixty fifth and a defensive SP plus ranking of one hundred and thirty first. Okay, so they should be able to move the ball. Yeah, I think they'll win that game. But yeah, with Becky UCLA, yeah, Chip Kelly's there again. It's 
a slight rebuilding. They'll have a talent wise. I think they could be used to. I think you can go. I think out of those games, like if I'm looking at like here when we lead up to at Hawaii, so their first half is probably the toughest to anybody in the conference. And then also mm-hmm. just kind of looking ahead, they end at San Jose State versus Fresno. Not easy, even though Fresno State's mm-hmm. going to be rebuilding on offensive side of the ball, but we trust Jeff Tedford to do good things. I think, oh man, it's just it's just good so they want to lead into the Pac-12 if they make it to that conference if it's still around in a couple of years. But I don't know, man. I think it may be a reasonable expectation with who they're playing. I probably three, maybe four at most. So I'm looking at Ohio, Idaho State, Air Force, yeah, Air Force, and probably maybe CLA. It's tough, man. I it's if they get yeah. four wins, I'll be I'll be four. I I I'll lean between three to four wins. Heads a little toward four. They're not beating Oregon State, I'll tell you that, and probably not Boise State, even though that's at home and that'll be a huge atmosphere, a huge game. It's going to be a tough one. They also have to travel to Hawaii. Oof. At least they get a bye week. So true. At least they get a bye week Air Force in Hawaii, man. This is arguably, I don't have a, I'm going to look, make, look into my strength of schedule type stuff, but this might be one of the tougher schedules in the conference. So according to Phil Steele, I went and I looked this up. Ah, um, yes, he's ranking up, yes. So, and, and again, this is in terms of just like, you know, wins and losses, winning percentage from last year's opponents. Or from opponents from last year. Yeah. So the top three schedules, Boise State, San Jose State, which we'll talk about in a moment, and then San Diego State after that. Interesting. But it's also just wins total, not necessarily other metrics. Well, winning percentage. So like for the Aztecs, their opponents winning percentage from last year was 52.6%. Okay. And, and, and I believe those three teams are the only three teams with an opponent's winning percentage from 2022 above 50%. Okay. Interesting. Still tough, man. Very difficult. Yeah. All right. But that's also to... true of San Jose State. That's right. Move on to the Spartans. I, I'm i going to make some bold predictions here, but I'm not going to go this far. I will say this. The USC-San Jose State game combined at least 60 points. Yeah, I can that buy for, that. Didn't they play last year? Did, I know did USC just beat No, that was a couple years ago. A couple years ago. I think we with okay, make all the jokes about Alex Grinch and they can't tackle. Still a fact, they can't tackle. It's like like you're telling me you he's totally Mike Leach type coach, Kyle Whittingham type coach, where I don't care about the other side of the ball and haven't figured it out. Whittingham sort of has Utah. But these type of coaches that are all offense or no or all defense or Kurt Ferentz, another guy, where they don't care about the other side of the ball. How hard is it for you to get a couple defensive linemen to come to USC or linebackers to come play for that school? If they had literally an average defense, they would have beat everybody by 30 points last year. I think they were so good. But I I think there'll be a lot of points. I don't know if I don't think San Jose San Jose State can win the game. I think they put a big scare into uh, they won't, the Trojans. They won't there. win the game. I can tell you that right now. Okay, I'm just saying. I think they'll put a scare into I mean, the Trojans. I mean, I agree with you that they could put up six. That they could put up sixty combined points, but that might be because it, or, you know uh, US forty to twenty forty five. Like <laughs> yeah, something like that. I want to think this could be closer than than we think. By closer, I mean within seventeen points. 
if it, if, the line, if the line today was 16 and a half what would you do would you just take the trojans at home oh yeah i would absolutely take the trojans i i, I bet if i had to look I, it's probably not out yet maybe there's some draft kings or something but if this line gets balloons above like 19 i'm not there's no way i'm taking usc like no, i think it'll be able take to, usc you would oh man dang you just see they see folks matt just hates the spartans Okay, need, you know how we just talked about how San Diego State has a really difficult first half of the schedule? Are you yeah. looking at the first half of the San Jose State schedule? It is brutal. They might play the best two teams of Pac-12 in week one and week two. Mm-hmm. They play Cal Poly, who's a pretty good FCS team. I don't have their numbers in front of me, but at Toledo, uh, they're Mac good Champions, Air Force. By the way. That's right, MAC champions. Air Force at Boise State. Oh my yeah, goodness! I mean, I mean, if if they're your if they're your preseason dark horse, Jeremy, yeah, then I will say we will know very quickly how valid that opinion is. I think they're that good. Hey, guess what? Second half still very difficult. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> they get Utah State at home. Great. They go to Hawaii. It's tough travel, but they're fine. But again, then again, Fresno, San Diego State. If UNLV is improved, if they if, if it really was a um, sorry, not Sanchez thing. Uh, Marcus Royal type thing, coaching wise mm-hmm. for getting guys going. If that was the the real thing holding them up, four of the last five team games could be against bowl teams, possibly if you include Utah State. That's right. They're going to earn it. If they are, I still think they're that good. But that first two weeks, difficult. It's it's all difficult. The whole there's no maybe New Mexico versus Utah State and at Hawaii. You might say, oh, that's a downstretch. It's not really a downstretch because travel wise and Utah State Cooper Lagaz is a pretty good quarterback. Dang, that's that's a tough. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm they sticking with it. To hoe. I'm sticking with them being potential best team in the conference. Okay. I know they got to replace a million guys in defense, but come on, man. Who doesn't like what's going on out there? Coaching staff and quarterback and receivers. Let's get going here. All right, UNLV. I'm excited for Brendan Marion to run his offense. We'll get to preview that later. Their non-conference slate is uh, Michigan. Playoff, to, yeah, tough. Vanderbilt, okay, we'll see. They host Vanderbilt. Are they going to beat Vanderbilt, Matt? Could this be the... I was going to say something outlandish and outrageous, but could this be a big victory if they beat Vanderbilt at home? Would it be considered yes. people saying it's a big victory outside of the, the Pacific time zone? Yes, it would be. Interesting. I, I viewed this Vanderbilt game. They aren't the same team, but it's a lot like how I view last year's Cal game. That's sure, close one. Like I think with this with this four game non conference schedule, you know, home versus Bryant FCS team, they probably should win that one. And then closing on the road at UTEP. Like if you're a Rebels fan and you're buying into this new coaching staff and you're and you're raising the bar for what's acceptable for this team, you should not accept anything less than two and two. Okay, I can see that two and two, yeah. Because if they can if they can manage to to break even in non conference play, like they're off those three October games that they have, or excuse me, the, the, plus the one on September thirtieth. Versus home versus Hawaii on the road against Nevada with a buy in between those two games. Home versus Colorado State at Fresno State. If things break right, you say, I'm telling me five and two. 
if things break right and they can reach <laughs> their potential, they could go into November with a five and three record. Probably beat New Mexico. Six. Yeah. Maybe Wyoming. Maybe. We saw a lot of potential from this team last year. A lot. We did a lot of one score games. Also, a lot of miscues. They have a good, assuming Brumfield should still be the quarterback. They did lose Aiden Robbins to BYU, the running back, which is a big blow. So hopefully they get somebody to replace him to do well. But you're you're right. Like looking at what's difficult on their schedule at Michigan versus Vanderbilt, that's not tough because of I know oh it's Vanderbilt whatever, but they still recruit reasonably well, even being last in the SEC. They still probably athletically wise, they probably have guys better than you know, at multiple positions. Mm-hmm. UTEPs take they're not just they got. Got it by the portal two years ago, so they're not not as terrible as it used to be. But it's gonna be that should be fine. A good win, I think that should be a winnable game. They should win that game. They expect to win that game. Just not gonna be necessarily a pushover from UTEP from five years ago. But mm-hmm. like they get the rival game on the road, like you mentioned, they get easy easier games on the road: New Mexico and Nevada, CSU at home. Like that should be a win. Like I ex- I think Rebel fans are expecting a bowl game this year, and I think the schedule could set up. I think it kind of depends on them beating Vanderbilt and UTEP and probably Nevada winning some of those road games. Like winning road games is what they need to do. Like if they if they were to go out and beat three and three in the road at New Mexico, at Nevada, and at UTEP, they're probably going bowling if they're if they win those three road games to go three and three away from home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean UNLV is one of these group one of these teams that like, you know, it's it's not that hard to make the optimist's case for them. You know, so. same with a team like Colorado State, which we talked about. Same with a team like you know San Jose State or Air Force. Like they aren't all they weren't all in the same situation last year. They aren't mm-hmm. all at the same place going into 2023. But it, like I said, it isn't that hard to sort of you know shuffle the puzzle pieces around in such a way where you see them making a leap forward. But it's going to have to come down to them winning those you know 50, 50, 60, 40 type games on the schedule. Definitely. All right, Utah State. They get to play Iowa week one. Iowa. They also got James that'll Madison. Be, that'll be fun for, for no one. It's it's there is a weird thing people like to watch Iowa to see how bad they were. I'm like, I don't want to watch bad football. No. Bad offensive football. Like, there it's their defense is good enough. Like Utah State may only score like 10 points, and it might be 16 to 10. With like a defensive score for Iowa, assuming they keep the trajectory of last year. With the way their offense, how bad it is, I'm not I wouldn't not it would not overly shock me if they were like it, it wouldn't blow my mind if they're to beat Iowa on the road. They're probably not. But the way they, they play, won't. if it I'm I know, but I'm just saying, would you be like like one to ten if they were to win? How, what shock level would you be at? Six, seven? It'd probably eight? be like an eight. Eight? Okay. I okay. I just think and that it's they're not going to win. You're right, but I I think if they do, I would be oh not over. I'd be mildly surprised. That's I'd be upset. Like they're probably going to be double digit underdog on the road typically. But if they're somehow pulled off, it wouldn't be like this massive upset. But their non conference slate or their first month, I should say, not including non conference, but their first month essentially they play five games at Iowa. Obviously, like you said, not going to win. They go to Air Force, which we mentioned before that early non early conference game. They host James Madison, who's really dang good, moving up to FBS. And they go to UConn, who Jim Moore Jr. took him to a bowl game last year. 
that's not very not it's not like extremely hard but it's no it's not easy by any stretch like look at all that travel they're doing man yeah i mean and, and here's the other thing like you i know we, we talked about the iowa game first and foremost but i think right now at this juncture of the offseason the biggest question i have about the aggies is how much talent they've bled on defense in particular and I do think that, you know, on paper, that's going to get pushed a lot by most of the teams on their schedule, even going into conference play. Because, you know, after opening the entire Mountain West slate on the road at Colorado Springs, you know, then they do get back-to-back home games at the beginning of October versus Colorado State and Fresno State. Helpful. But if but if they struggle to answer those questions on the defensive side of the ball, like it, it could get ugly, and then they go to San Jose State and San Diego State after that. Yikes! So it's it's I mean it's not the most difficult conference slate out there. It's not the most it's difficult tricky. overall slate out there. But I think given the amount of questions that the Aggies are going to have to wrestle with in spring practice, right now it seems like one that has a maybe the most peril to it. Yeah, there is a lot going on where. It's just tough enough where they may have like a pretty bad record. Yeah. Because if you look at on the surface of who they're playing, like Idaho State, yeah. Air Force Rebuilding, not really. James Madison on the surface, 55-45. It's at home. That's a big trip coming from, where's James Madison? They're in uh, Virginia, correct? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because obviously they after James Madison. Like UConn. That's a big travel game for them, but that's a, they should win that game. That's like three right there. Colorado State four for looking at it. Nevada five to Mexico six, but that accounts like if you look at every game in a vacuum each week, and that's difficult to do. So like their ceiling might honestly be maybe seven, maybe it might be what we said last year, but maybe not the uh, pendulum swing swinging of getting their their butt kicked by Alabama and Weber State. Mm-hmm. But I still think like six to seven is probably where I'm looking at because of who they play and where they play. They get the they get a lot of back-to-back home games. Only a couple, only one week is back-to-back on the road. But those but there's also a bye week in between. So travel wise, despite going all the way to Yukon and I guess that's all they do. I, I make it in Iowa because that's a reasonable far trip. Yeah. They have a they have a nice get travel schedule week to week. Because they're like I said they're back-to-back road games. There's an off week between San Jose and San Diego. But they got to beat Nevada. They got to beat New Mexico. They got to take care of business against teams that are perceived lesser than them because they do mm-hmm. miss. Who, who did they miss? UNLV in Hawaii on the schedule. Uh, miss, yes. Yeah. So they miss a couple of those teams, but just purely schedule wise, it looks tricky but not difficult. Is that is that a good assessment? I think so. Yes. All right. Should we go into the Cowboys of Wyoming? Wyoming. Let's do it. Texas Tech. They host. They also get seven home games like San Diego State and host a Power Five team like a couple of schools do. That's ridiculously front loaded. Their their home schedule. Five, am I reading this right? Five of their first six games are at, in Laredice. Yeah, that's what they ended up with. You know, How does that the, happen? The only exception being a road trip to Texas. This is up there, man. Texas Tech. Okay, with Joy McGuire and everything, I know it's a, it's still a Power Five team and what they want to sling the ball. That'll be an interesting contrast of style. But man, yeah. they go to Texas. 
where are, is Arch Manning started by then, or is it still Quinn Ewers who is now moralless and has not lost his ID as far as we know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll be a loss. App State, no picnic. That's a that's a cool matchup. Cowboys versus um, App, App State coming to town. That'll be fun. Because mm-hmm. they're obviously going to compete in the Sun Belt. Could win 10 wins. Or excuse me, to, could win 10 games, I should say, if I could speak English properly. New Mexico, fine. But it, like the whole stretch is hard. Just The front load of parts difficult. Their non-conference slate is difficult. Their October three games are difficult. Like the last month, there is some re- reprieve. But they still have to go to UNLV, who we think could be a bowl-eligible team on that stretch. They get Hawaii at home. CSU, the bronze boot, that's not super easy, even though the opponent may not be like um, top 60 in the, in the nation, may not be bowl-eligible. Mm-hmm. So they could be beat up, and yeah, those games might be perceived as easier, but they may slip up against one or two of those. Yeah, I mean, this might be the- always hard yeah. to talk about because – you know, they 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 tend to be the same team year after year. And it's and it's one of those things where it's like they, they they do tend to beat the teams that they should and lose to the teams that shouldn't. But you know, I do think that four. there's a case <laughs> there's a case to be optimistic about what they bring back. You know, like I think we may have mentioned this on on the past podcast, but it is worth re- reminding our listeners that I believe only like two or three teams in the entire country are returning more talent overall than the Cowboys are. So I do think that there is a path where, especially with so many home games, and especially since most of those games are fairly manageable, like the only ones that don't look like games where they sh- they might be at least, you know, slight favorites are, you know, versus Fresno versus Texas Tech. Like if they can go five yeah. and two at home, then it's just a matter of trying to take care of business on the road in conference play. And that I think is ultimately what's going to make or break their season, especially those three road games in four weeks beginning in the middle of October at Air Force, at Boise State, at UNLV. If they're going to seriously threaten for a berth in the championship game, they have to win at least two of those. Yeah, I agree. They're, it's it's tough, man. Like, their schedule. This might be, opponent-wise, may not be the most difficult, but schedule-wise, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, like, if you're, what would you rather have? Like, would you want to have every other week, a couple home, couple road, back-to-back? This is, like, the epitome of, like, okay, I guess the uh, also it takes away any weather advantage they may have, whether they do get November fourth CSU at home, Hawaii November eighteenth, but any cold weather wise where that might be an advantage for them is out the window. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. It's just brutal. Like it's yeah. I, I don't. We didn't. Maybe we should rank the schedule at some point just to get some offseason content, but. There's like it's up there, like SP plus. I gotta look and see where they're ranked wise or like Phil still projected schedule, not projected schedule, but um, what'd you what, how do you put it? Win percentage from last year may not mm-hmm. be the highest, but if you're to count for like just road home splits and where they're going, man, it's gonna be oh my goodness. This they'll earn like, like we say a lot of times, they'll earn it if they get to like a bowl eligibility or beyond, yeah, because within conference, their home games. Or night, like there are good home games, like Hawaii, yeah, CSU, good, 
Fresno State, probably tough, but not as tough as last year in New Mexico. So it's like there's there's potential there where they get. It's also they only get four. Well, they get seven home games, only four conference home games. We should add two for them. Yeah. So it's a it's a more of the more unique schedules out there. Definitely. Anything else to add schedule wise overall? Any quirks we saw? Rivalry week doesn't seem to be there that much. There's no division, so that makes who cares about the last week of the season, really? Yeah, it's not quite as impactful as it was before. Is there? I'm looking through right now, scoring through. I don't think there's a game where, unless Air Force and Boise are the best two teams, I don't think there's going to be any real chance of a rematch for title game from that last week. You got Fresno, San Diego State could be a potential Boise, Air Force. That's about it. I don't think there's any other op- potential option where it could be a realistic option where that there could be a rematch in the following week. I think you're probably right about that. So, all right, well, let's wrap it up here. We'll be back next week. We'll talk some spring football, some combine stuff. We've got mock draft season coming up here, draft stuff going on. So check everything out at MWR.com. We'll be back in, like I said, about a week or so. Subscribe to our show if you like it. Tell your friends. Come read our stuff. We do have March Madness coming up, Matt. College basketball is here, obviously. Actually, it's not here. It's already here in March. So we haven't podcasted a ton about it. There's a million reasons why. But we'll have you ready for championship week this week. That's coming up starting Wednesday. So check us out at MWR.com. So it'll be mostly basketball this week, which is awesome and great. And we want a five-bid Mountain West team, right? Is that the goal? That's right. If we could ever get it, that'd be great. But we'll see if we can get back to five teams in the conference. Or it's going to be in the NCAA tournament out after the conference championships this week. So we'll see you next time, folks.